It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 108 of Bleeding Blue. And today we are jumping back into Ernie Palladino. We're giving some Wellington Maris stories, how Jerry Jones is an ass. We have some Dan Reeves replacement conversations that we're going to talk about and Giants fans' obsession with Nick Saban. We're going to talk about the origin of that. We may even fit a Tom Coughlin story in there. And uh, Snacks, we got one more week until training camp, which is exciting for 2020 Giants news. Not happy? Well, uh, this is the intro, and you're really bringing down the energy. Um, uh, one week until training camp, exciting for exciting news for 2020 Giants and current Giants, but also we will be doing some training camp stories as well next week. So it's exciting. Without further ado, let's bleed blue. Snacks, how are you doing? So you replaced the bleeding blue, 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 blue with that. I like that. That's good. Um, I'm doing well. I am. I am just coming, coming back from a nice little family barbecue. Had a good time. Um, overall, I've had a nice little weekend, uh, which started on Friday. Mm. Started on Friday. What'd you do on Friday? Oh, um, we actually got together. You, you and I. Not we you did. and me. That's correct English. You and Not I. Fuck English. We got together in Emerson, New Jersey. I am from Exit. Um. Well, uh, let's just let's just throw out where Snacks lives. I've I've done it before on Talking Giants, uh, <laughs> where I've accidentally I've I've let slip out the exact town where I live. So around you know the Exit One Sixties on the on the on the Garden State Parkway. One Sixty Five. Uh, okay, well, here, we'll just, just tell them. I don't care. We'll just give okay. out all of our locations. I, yeah, I'm I don't exit. Care. I'm exit one thirty five on the Garden State Parkway. So I really trekked up there, but it was for a very, very good reason and purpose. I didn't mind trekking up there because you had the hookup with two separate things. Mm-hmm. You had the hookup with the Italian restaurant. You had the hookup with the cigars, which was awesome. Yes. So that was a great time. We had a we had a fantastic time. We did. We enjoyed both of them. Uh, the cigars. They. You you said you didn't love it. You didn't love it. I, know. I didn't. I didn't I know. really enjoy it because I'm not really. And this is even with how I work with food as well. I don't like sweet things in food. I if wish it's I. Not I like wish dessert, I had known that. Yeah. If it's not like in dessert or, I'm not like I'm. You can't mix sweet and tender things for me. It just doesn't work like that. You know. Yeah, I uh, I wound up feeling really bad because I I actually like that in a cigar a lot. Like a little sweetness, mm-hmm. a little touch to it. Um, but I probably should have got your preference on that. So I do apologize and I will have a better one next time. Well, no, I um, needed to try it though, because I'm just, I'm just starting yeah. to get into the, get into the game of it here, uh, in terms of the, the cigar smoking. And 
I needed to try it because every single one that I've had, you know, it's been, it's had like the, I don't want to call it the bitter taste, but the non-sweet taste. And all that I've heard is, oh, it's a little, little tang of chocolate here and there or something like that. And I needed to try it. So it's good. We got it out of the way. And now we I did. know to Shout not system. do that. And now I know not to buy those. And um, your chicken marsala was good, correct? Oh, yeah. I, I, so here's another, I've definitely said this on Bleeding Blue before. Um, I don't know how I ever got to this point, but I Definitely have said it, you know, 108 episodes, I've had to say it at least once because it's such a big part of my life. It is like my dream to travel the country to just try all of the chicken marsalas and, and why not the world? Why am I limiting? Why am I limiting myself to the country? But I guess just travel the country to try all the best chicken marsalas and find the best one. That is my dream. That is my goal in life. Do you know how fucking insane that is? No, people people travel the world and the country for a lot of things. Chicken marsala, I don't think is one of them. I just really love chicken marsala. I'm very passionate about it. You listen. I want to tell you something because you know, you know, I love you. You know, I would do anything for you, but you are fucking insane. If that's what you would travel the country for, that's mm-hmm. all. That's what I'm saying. I'm sorry. Okay. I feel bad about saying it, but I kind of don't because I think it's a little ridiculous. And I'm sorry I'm making my fantasy baseball pick right now. That's all right. Who, who who's you know, on the board? Not many people. We're in the second to last round, so oh, I'm just trying to just trying to get high upside guys. Take um, a Ty- Tyro Estrada. Uh, no. He uh, he got shot. He's on the Yankees. No. Um, okay. Maybe I'll pick him up on waivers later on. But no, don't do it. No, I'm not going to. Um, I mean, chicken marsala is a great dish. It's a great meal, but the travel country is a little insane. Anyway, I don't want to spend a lot of time on chicken marsala. I want to bring up something. Um, so we went to dinner and we came back to my house. I have a very nice deck. Um, and a couple buddies came over. Max the Animal from from my uh, yeah the podcast I run, Fade the Public, BDGE. He came over and my, my very good friend, Mike, uh, big Giants fan, as you know. Um, seen him at the tailgates a few times. He came over as well with his lovely girlfriend. And towards the end of the night, there was a conversation that that was brought up. Would you like to? Uh, would you like to to talk about that? Was not initiated by me, by the way. No, no, it wasn't. But it was escalated by you. So, all right. Well, I'm the type of no, person... no, 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 no. Don't all right, well me. Get right to it. Okay. All right. So basically, animal Max, Max the animal, BDGE, Faye the public. He brought up this notion and the fact that. Like, you look at Carson Palmer's career, and granted, there were two or three seasons in there where he had torn ACLs and he missed seasons and he probably retired here. The, he had a two-year stint of, of of Oakland, which was bad. But relatively, if you put especially his early to mid-years in Cincinnati and his late year and his early years in Arizona, has a pretty good NFL career. pretty Pretty good, pretty solid, pretty fine. Now, Max the Animal's argument was that you would almost take Carson Palmer's consistency year in and year out and his talent level, his talent level, you would take that over Eli Manning. That was the argument. And you're an idiot because you agreed with him. No, I did not agree with him. See, this is where... Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You were making a case for Palmer over Eli. You were. No. Just because you it also what do you mean just, no? Just because you make a case for something doesn't mean that you automatically agree with that as well. Not true. Not true. That means you have some belief in it if you're even remotely thinking about the case. Sports banter between friends on a deck. You are making a case. You have some belief in it. 
Fact, not opinion. Sports banter between friends is also good when it's a balanced conversation. And I'm sorry. This was just a dumb argument. If you said like Matt Ryan or something, fine. Carson Palmer. All right. So the way that the way that I broke it down, and I don't I don't agree with it, by the way. I do not agree with it. The way that I broke it down is you don't love Eli Manning because of his like great arm. Eli Manning has an above average during his prime. He has an above average arm talent. Sure. You know, that's what Gilbride's offense was for. Does not have an a- a- Rogers arm. Does not have a Mahomes arm. No, though does not have a far arm. Does. Those Nobody guys, does. those guys are elite in terms of we're talking about arm talent. Correct. So you don't love Eli Manning because of one certain intangible that he has. He's not like a very talented quarterback, but you love his body of work. You love the things that you can't measure, like the clutch gene. I'm a big analytics guy, but yes, I do believe in the clutch gene. I do believe that there is obviously and very much a difference between how you perform in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter and the last two minutes of the first quarter. It's it's meant it's a mental thing. There is a difference. And Eli Manning had that. Uh, a guy like Carson Palmer does not. So I can go nope. on all day. I can go I can go on all day, and you're going to go on all day because I already know you're going to do it, and I'm not going to take your points of why you think that Eli Manning is just a much better quarterback than Carson. Palmer, but I'm saying from a talent standpoint, and I think Max was saying this too, this is not even something that I was like, I was like, yes, I totally agree with you. You're acting like I was, you know, I was, I was clapping for Max as he was talking and as he was making his points. I was not, You I was trying to provide balance to a conversation, which honestly, this is, this is how, this is how psycho I am that I've taken like my, my podcast and the way that I run things as a co-host, I've now taken that to my regular everyday life. Oh, yeah. Honestly, you know what's funny? You see it when we were all talking, and it was a fun comment because we talked about a lot more than just like Eli and and that and Carson Palmer. But the way you speak is kind of the way that you try and present information to your listeners and followers, which is honestly, it's pretty cool. You're you're Um, consistent like that. Well, it's it's part of being genuine and authentic. Right. But part of me being genuine and authentic is that I'm just a nerd all the time. Well, so it's not okay. I'm not putting on a persona on on one end and then being I mean, a, a jackass on the other you, end. You, you want to you you want to travel the country for chicken Marcel? Of course yeah. you're a fucking nerd. Um, but at the end of the day, you were cheering Max on, saying, I was not. "Carson I'm Palmer is better. He's better. He's better. He's better." Listen, 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 listen. I'll tell you right now. Okay, I'm gonna tell you right now. I had a few wines that night. You saw it. I had a few. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember every fucking detail of that night. <laughs> Every single one, every word that was said, every point that was made, everything. I know what you said. You're the one that's lying, not me. Anyway. I'm suing you for defamation of my image because that's what I you, dare you. you did. You did a huge public onslaught on Sunday. Of I did. Justin Panic said this. Justin Panic said you didn't even you didn't even throw Max. Max is the one that initiated the argument and you didn't even throw Max his isn't name. a Giants fan, though. But I didn't initiate any of this, and I was trying to provide balance to a conversation where I saw, you know, it's like, yes, you look at Carson Palmer's stat. If you, if we're just going off of yards, which, by the way, I don't like, you know, yards. Stupid and stat. I know, it, I know. Yeah, but you were also using it to your advantage, too, by saying well, that Eli well, because Manning it, is seventh No, no, because Max brought up numbers. Max was like, well, he's 14th. He's only seven players behind Eli. I was like, okay, well, if you're going to use that, then that's a stat you could actually use in an argument. 14 right years, wrong. 14 years, and he missed like three seasons. That's a bi- first of all, that's a big thing. And he's 14th of all time in passing yards. That's a big thing, though. Yes, and that's missing part of my, three years is a big of, thing. 
That's what's part your, of my... No, listen, listen. This is what's part your, of my what's, argument. What, what is the best ability you could have? It's availability and part of my argument for why Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. And, and this tweet got a ton of hate, especially got a ton of hate yeah. on Instagram when I posted on Instagram about why Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer is because how many other quarterbacks in NFL history were there for their football teams as, one. as long as Eli Manning was for one team? Not, one. not many. Not many. Even Brady it, left. Well, you, you know? know what? I, I was you know what? I was gonna bring up Favre, but I you he didn't even start with Green Bay. So that's pretty idiotic thinking on my end. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yo, that's Troy Troy Aikman's probably the one Troy, you know what? And was he even there that long? What, what was he ten year starter there? I mean, that's long, but like Montana went to the Chiefs afterwards. Right. Um you know, maybe Steve Young. But he was not a star he, he didn't start until he was like twenty seven. So it's a good point. It's a good point, and that should not get hate. And I think that's a big thing on my argument. When you said Carson Palmer's better, I said no. I, no. Well, you did. Didn't it's okay. It. It's fine. It's fine. You did. It's fine. But, you know, Carson Palmer, didn't he like retire? Didn't he like fucking retire? And then the Bengals traded him. He just quit. He's got because yeah, he had those because he had those two weird years with Oakland. Carson Palmer also didn't even start playing until he was twenty five. It's very strange. That is kind of um, strange. I didn't know that. Very strange. Well, but he played four years. Max's year, argument, so. not my argument. Max's argument was just solely going off of a talent standpoint. And I still talent... think that's a, I still think that's a stretch. Okay. Okay. Fair. I'm I'm just saying is Larry Fitzgerald one of the greatest receivers of all time? Yes, we talked about TJ Hushmanzada. We talked about Chad Johnson. Chad Ojocinko. Chad Ojocinko. Yeah. Anquan Bolden, who may be the most underrated wide receiver ever. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, he had a healthy Hakeem Nicks for like two years. Burris, yes, Burris was huge. But he wasn't Larry Fitzgerald or Chad Ojocinko good. No. All right, anyway, you know what? I just wanted to bring it up. I'm sorry. I wanted the listeners to know that you think Carson Palmer was better than Eli Manning. No, nope, that's all. Not exactly. Not exactly. Um, so there you go. Um, snacks. Is there anything that you that you need to apologize for this week? Uh, no, no, no. Um, wow. No, no, no. I feel great. The whole point of this segment is to apologize for something. Is to apologize for something. All right, then fine. Then fine. Um, it has nothing to do with our podcast, though. So okay. On the max front. As you know, I co-host a fantasy football podcast. Well, it's mostly like just a football and regular regular banter podcast now with, with Max, who was at the house on Friday. And um, on Monday night, I kind of eviscerated him, and I called him a lot of bad names. Uh, oh, was we this playing... with Madden? Is yes, it was. It was. Oh. It was. Like, the whole thing got very, very personal. It got mm-hmm. heated. Um, I said some things that, in retrospect, I probably don't want to say again. So it was very rude, and Madden that's not who I am. Oh, don't please don't bring up Madden etiquette. He's so fucking stupid for that. I'm so apologizing. So the whole, thing was, the whole thing was centered around Madden uh, etiquette, like fourth and goal at the five six, yard line, six minute quarters, five uh, the other team's five yard line. So you're you're in the red zone, right? I'm and, up three. There's two minutes yeah, left in the third. Yes, and so, we're playing. We're playing for a big thing. Like we're we're watch, we're, we're going on Twitch. We're doing. I don't want to lose. I want to win. I want to win the seven game series. But yeah. again, I can understand where Max is coming from. I don't agree with him on this, but okay, I can understand good. where Max is so coming I. from. And I said that, and I do. I get where he's saying, but I think I th- if I don't get it, if I if I obviously if I if I throw an incomplete pass or I get stuffed, this argument never comes up, ever. And Max's whole argument was is that since you're doing it in front of a Twitch audience and a live audience, keep the that game it's close. better. It's better for content that 
you only go up by six as opposed to ten. Which in my which in my opinion, it's not like we're talking about it's not like we're talking about two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Thank you. It's, go ahead. it's the third quarter. It's the third quarter, and I'm not going up seventeen where it's a three possession game. I'm going up right. ten. It's a field goal and a touchdown. And you still have eight if minutes I go, to go. If yeah. you have eight minutes to go, and if I go up if I go up six and then he scores a touchdown, who's to say I don't ever get I he just stops me. Like I'm yeah. going for the win. I'm playing to win. Shout out Herman Edwards. I was playing to win the game. It's a Giants history podcast next. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Herman Edwards is like good thing we weren't alive for that. I probably would I probably would have killed myself. Um, if I saw that live, but, but yeah, so, uh, I, I apologize to Max. I said some really, really hateful things. And Justin, are you um, talking about Miracle in the Metalites? Yes. The first one. Oh, I have a, I have a pop quiz for you. Who was the running back? Larry Zonka. Oh, well, I mean, oh, that's because I already, didn't I already quiz somebody on this when I was around, when you were around me? I don't remember. I just knew that. Oh, it's because you watched my breakdown video. Oh yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's why. Um, anyway, I want to apologize to Max. I said some really hurtful things and I feel bad. And Justin, you know, even though I come off pretty aggressive on this podcast, you know, I'm actually a very nice person. So I I do, I do apologize to Max and I I am, I am very sorry for that. He's a good guy. He's a very good friend. So. All right. We're about 15 minutes in, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. We, we, we just go, we just ramble. I have no, but I have my stopwatch up, but I did want to talk about this earlier, just some housekeeping things. We're at 115 ratings on the Apple Podcast app. I would love, 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 love to get to maybe 120 around the time that camp starts. So maybe uh, maybe one or two weeks after camp starts, I would love to get to 120 ratings on the Apple Podcast app. That would be great. Um, we're doing some really good things. We're having a lot of fun with this. Uh, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be trucking along when the season comes. We're gonna try mm-hmm. to pre-record our episodes so we won't be reacting to any kind of like Giants loss or win from the following mm-hmm. Sunday. That's not but us. We'll re- we will continue to be releasing episodes throughout the season instead of Mondays. They will come to you on Tuesdays because Talking Giants is going to be releasing episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I that's believe epic. this that's year. Epic. So that's really that's awesome. You know, undated- and that's where you that's where you're getting your day to day breakdowns of yeah. games and everything like that. So go there, go watch or go listen to Talking Giants during the season, and then still listen to us for everything Giants history. Yeah, twenty. We're, we're having a lot of fun with this. Yeah, twenty to thirty minutes during the season because what we're going to be doing, we're going to be playing the Steelers Week One. Snacks and I we're going to be taking a look back on. The Giants, uh, Giants and Steelers, like franchise history in terms of the games that they played together. So we're definitely going to be talking about and ripping Ben Roethlisberger apart for yes. that four interception performance that he had in two thousand eight. Um, yep, we Dominic may talk Hicks about had a kick return touchdown that game. Yes, yes, and we may talk about some devastating losses too if they're significant. Um, so we'll we'll have some fun with it. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the Steelers and Giants are linked together forever. Um, the Rooney and Mara family. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, that's that's an organization. I I literally there's 32 teams in the NFL. I love one of them. I hate the rest. The Steelers are the only team I respect, like outside of the Giants. That's it. So, um, that will be a lot of fun. Yeah. So and also talking Giants during uh, training camp, we're gonna be having episodes Monday through Friday, three times a week. They're gonna be PPPs, pr- uh, player profile and projections. And then the other two times a week, we're going to have our regular episodes, but also Bleeding Blue, we're not going to stop. We will also come to you um, one time a week on Monday 
Um, so during the season, you're going to have four episodes a week, um, one on Giants history, three on the everyday Giants news. And then during training camp, you're going to have six episodes Monday through Friday, five on the everyday Giants, one on Giants history. And until the season starts, Snacks and I, we will be continuing like our stories and stuff like that. I think we may be able now we're pretty we're I think we're almost three quarters done with Paladino. I don't know. I'm just I'm looking at the girth of the book that I have left. Let me see. We it. may be able to squeeze out the rest of the season on Paladino um without having to start another book. So snacks, I unfortunately think that your idea that you had, and this is something that we talked about privately, uh your idea that we had about uh going to Tom Coughlin's book that he wrote. Mm-hmm. It's like a big like leadership book and, and things like yes. that. And uh, may... well, there's two of them. There's two of them. Hold on. There's two of them. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, his second tell his me. second one was like very leadership, right? And it was it was amazing. The first one, and we we talked about both, uh, uh, touched on a, a little bit um privately. The first one was all about the 2017 and that season. Mm. So um go I think ahead. We may finish. start with that one, right? I would love to, yeah, yeah. I would okay. love to. Yeah. Um so that's probably going to be an off-season thing, that which is fine. I, you know, that that doesn't bother me. I'm good whenever because we're gonna do this till we die. So we're gonna which, do it till I mean, we I, die, I, which is probably five years for you. Yeah, oh, five years. Generous. I'll take, I'll take five. That's all. That's very generous. Or is this is this the first episode that we're having since you got your Giants tattoo? It is. Yes. R- remember yes. we? Oh shit! We keep on we keep on procrastinating over Paladino. Yeah, all I right. know. I know. I let's, feel really let's bad. Let's do this but, quick. Let's we, do this quick. Oh, you, and you saw it Friday, so. Mm-hmm. But yes, it uh, it didn't hurt. The only thing that hurt was um, I stupidly sat in the sun on Sunday playing mm. cards with my father, and my back got completely burnt to shit. And you got it right below the neck. Right below the neck, yes, because right I want I wanted it to come out a little bit when I'm wearing a shirt so people could see. Um, so I'm very happy the guy did a really good job. Uncharted tattoo, New York City. So that's it. Only a giant. I'm marked forever, and I will literally never be a fan of another team ever as Look, if the tattoo needed any validation <laughs> well here's my thing you came on this podcast and you said that you were that you were going to put eli hof and colon right underneath did you listen to my advice and you're going to do that when he actually gets inducted yes okay you you talk me out of it because god forbid he doesn't then i'm going to be an asshole of epic proportions yeah of epic proportions and I, i'm thinking like just real quick on this, and then let's let's please get into Paladino because there's a lot of stories that we, you were saying before that I kind of want to get into. I was going to put the 10, but I didn't want to make it too much like that. I kind of wanted it to be like for me too like because I myself am a Giants right. fan, like a diehard Giants fan, so I wanted mm-hmm. to keep it like that. And I just think the quote is so great. Um, and also and if I, you put the 10, it would have been so obvious you copying that Talking Giants shirt. Yes, true. Where now no, it's, I, it's I, fairly I did, obvious. I didn't want copyright now. infringement. Yeah, sorry, Bobby. Sorry, guys. <laughs> But then again, I don't give a fuck. Um, I'm a contributor now, by the way. So, you know. Uh, oh, I'm kidding. shit. <laughs> what do you mean? One episode, I'm in. I'm a contributor. I can call myself that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, I also, I was also, dude, hold on, real quick. Again, real quick. We could ramble for forever. It's actually kind of the beauty of this podcast, which I love. But do you think I should put the logo underneath it? No. I'm kind of liking it and digging yeah. it because it's 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 you. It's just you. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, I I'm leaning towards I'm leaning towards that. Not I don't doing think there's it. any clarification that 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 tattoo needs. That's that's a very good point. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well, you got me sold. So I'm not gonna get the tattoo. So uh, I think I have an idea. Okay. All right. Um, how much do you hate Jerry Jones on a scale of one to ten? Million. 
Okay. Um, this this, uh, this story is definitely going to back up um, back up that hatred. So, uh, Ernie Paladino, if these walls could talk, giant stories of the last 20 years. It's been a lot of fun, basically, for the past, I don't even know, the past, like, month we've been reading it, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, this chapter is going to take a few episodes, and it is about, it is called, Of God's Generals and Fulberg Captains, Coaches, Owners, GMs, Stories of All These Big Leaders for the Giants. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. So, <clears throat> this story is called Going After Jones. Wellington Marrow was a league guy, first, last, and always. So imagine the displeasure he had with Jerry Jones when the Cowboys owner strode onto the field during his second quarter timeout of the Giants' increasingly disheartening 35-0 opener loss in 1995. Well, that was right. In, mm. uh, in 1995 with Nike president Phil Knight on one side and Nike client spokesperson and tennis champion Monica Sells on the other. So let me let me say this again. Jerry Jones strode onto the field, and this is at Giant Stadium. This is not in Dallas. Strode onto the field during a second quarter timeout of the Giants' 35-0 opener loss in 1995 with Phil Knight and Monica Sells on the other. So, okay, here we go. Remember, this was in Giant Stadium on a Monday night in front of a national audience. Regardless of his gross lack of taste, the always publicity-hungry Jones certainly knew how to get the most bang for his stunts. Jones had arranged this as part of the 4A outside the NFL's revenue-sharing business model. So apparently, NFL's revenue-sharing business model, there's a certain model that to that owners are supposed to follow. This is apparently outside of it. A setup Mara helped create in the early 1960s. Jones had signed a seven-year deal with Nike as a Texas stadium sponsor with rights to use the stadium's name and logo in connection with Nike products. Jones would not share any revenue from that deal with the rest of the league. Jones stood on the sideline the rest of the half, going so far as to introduce defensive lineman Chad Hennings tonight. The league had since instituted various levels of team-specific revenues, but at the time, Jones' actions were not only revolutionary, but rebellious, at least in Mara's eyes. At first, the owner took Jones' stroll with a handful, handful of salt. I'm just honored he thought to use our stadium for it, Mara said. But after thinking about it overnight, he was in a quite different mood the following morning. I feel sorry for Jerry, Mara said, knowing that Jones had cut a similar deal with Pepsi weeks before the Nike agreement. He's a very successful entrepreneur who made a great deal of money for himself. Then he saw this great thing called the NFL and said, I want to be a part of this, but I don't think he has a concept of how to be a part of a team. He doesn't realize that when you do something to enhance yourself, you hurt the rest of the team. It's like a guy who runs a great leg on a mile relay and doesn't want to give up the baton. He just wants to do it all himself. Jones fired back that deal that the deal didn't threaten the overall revenue sharing nature of the league, a legendary facet that still helps small market franchises like Green Bay stay in business. But Mara wasn't buying it. I'm sorry that a man who's highly intelligent hasn't grasped the fundamentals of the NFL that made it attractive to get into, in, into the first place. In the long run, he's hurting the valuation of his franchise, Mara said. This marked one of the few times the venerable Giants owner, a pillar of reason in often rambunctious league meetings, got it wrong. Dallas remains one of the richest franchises in the league, right there with the Giants, and Washington Football Club, this says the R word, we don't say that anymore. No, 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 can't say that. Needless to say, Mara never had a real soft spot for the oil baron from Arkansas. I fucking hate, I really, I hate Jerry Jones. It's like, it's like scumbag move going on the field and a blowout loss on your weight hurt, you know. But I'm glad Paladino brings up that 
one of the few times Mr. Mara was wrong was, was that because Jerry Jones, um, for as much as I hate him, and I will send you a picture outside of uh, the drunk tank at Giant Stadium or MetLife, I got into a screaming battle with him. So I could I could tell you that story another time if if you'd like. Um, with Jerry sure Jones? You, yes. Do you want me to tell a story? <coughs> it's literally it's yes. on Jerry Jones. It's on Jerry Jones. Okay. Um, have I never told you this one? You, you amaze me. I've definitely told you this one. You amaze me. I don't know if that's a compliment or you're insulting me. Go ahead. Well, either way. Um, okay, so uh, I will make it quick because I, I – and before I do this, I want to say that um, with that story, Wellington was – Mr. Mara was very wrong. Jerry Jones is a master marketer and he made the Cowboys to what you they are You still don't now. do that though. No, no, no. That, well, that that's why I said he's a scumbag. You don't do that at all. That's yeah. just that's, – there's no place for that. You're, you're an owner. Like know your place, okay? Like, stay up there and enjoy a win. You don't do that. I, I don't blame Mr. Maverick. But collaborating with Nike, I guess, like, is that what you're saying? Like, that's... Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Come on. Um, Shrug your shoulders. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Well, yeah. I'm on video. I know where everybody's listening, but you know what I was doing. I'm like, yeah. come on. Um, so, I think the year was... It was 2012. It was the home opener after the Super Bowl, and we lost to the Cowboys. On national television, um, so as you know, you've seen my tailgates. We we get we get rowdy, like very rowdy. Mm-hmm. Um, we are like a group of fifteen, twenty people that get absolutely obliterated, and a lot of us tend to fight other fans all the time because we're assholes. We're literally what you don't want to experience when you go to a football game. But this is the Cowboys. This is a different story. This is war. This isn't a football game. It's war, and um. We're waiting to get into the stadium, waiting to get in the stadium that night before kickoff, obviously, and this Cowboy fan's coming at me. He's screaming at me. Me and him are going back and forth. Like, we're pointing at each other, Just I'm pointing at you like this. We're in each other's face, like nose to nose, screaming bloody murder at each other. And out of the blue, my friend, who's a lot bigger than me, he I call him my bodyguard. He comes to all the games with me and whatnot. Out of the blue, my friend comes and fucking rocks him, rocks him, like instantly Instantly, you saw like a mark on his face. Just completely rocks him. So we just, we push our way in. We get into the stadium. Um, as we're coming out, what a small world. These Cowboy fans see us, tell security, this is the guy, blah, 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 blah. So uh, they take my friend to the to the drunk tank, which is, you know, under MetLife Stadium. It's on the corner. It's on uh, around the bend, kind of like by where the train station is, if you're, if you're thinking about it. Um, and we're waiting for him there. And all of a sudden, clearly, this is where the players come. Jerry Jones in a car. He's in the pa- he's in the passenger seat. He's got a driver, obviously, but his window's down. So I see him. So I start screaming at him, fuck you, Jerry. Fuck you. America's team, my ass. Why don't you win something? You can't win shit. It's been 20 years. You suck, yada, yada, yada. Back and forth. You know what he did? Blew me a kiss. Oh, what a, what a weirdo. He blew me a kiss. Because they had just won. Fine, I get it. So my dumb ass tries to hop the barricade. There's a mm. little barricade that blocks it off. So I start hopping it and I get on the other side. Security rips my shirt back like that. Literally takes my shirt, rips me back because I was going to go after him. Why wouldn't I? He's right there. It's my only chance. I was going to go mm. after him. And I'm drunk and I'm you know, I don't care. I, I'm a Super Bowl champion right now. He's not. So security rips me back. Jerry Jones drives off, blows me another kiss as he does it. I'm going to send you the picture. It's not clear at all because this is 2012 and the picture was taken on a Blackberry. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you'll be able to see that it's my hand in the air screaming 
at Jerry Jones. So, well, that's fun. Uh oh, yeah, fun. Yeah, really great. Just, just great. What weirdo blows blows a kiss? Like e- even twice. like twice. He blew you. It was twice, not just once. No, because as he was as he was driving away, he blew it again. Hold on, I really, I really want to send so, this So, so Kyle Busch, Kyle Busch is one of like NASCAR's most hated drivers. Yeah, he was a scumbag. And what I don't like when he does is he bows after he wins, and but he bows after he wins, and everybody's booing his ass off. I think that is the most like pretentious jerk off move that you can have to bow when people are booing you out of dis it's out dis- of displeasure. Come so, um, but out of all things, like blowing, blowing a kiss, that's very, blowing me a very kiss. Strange. Like, are you, are you kidding me? <sighs> I never so heard that story, me. by the way. You never told me that story. I thought I did. I could have sworn nope. I did. Maybe when you see this picture, you'll remember it. I really think there's going to be like seven more stories of you just being belligerent, continuing to be belligerent, and you're just going to surprise us. It's, it's, it's why you get paid the big it's, bucks. It's, Pretty, it's pretty bad, man. That's why, it's, why you get, it's why you get paid the big bucks. Yep, here it is. I got the picture. I'm going to send it you to you right picture. now so you have it. Yep, just so you can have a little. You don't see my face, but you can tell it's my pasty white hand, and you could tell okay. who it is. Yeah, it's Jerry Jones. All right. Oh, nice white watch you had on, or was it silver? Mm-hmm. No, it was yeah, actually cam- a bracelet the Giants gave. That that was like a giveaway. Oh, that camera night. quality was great. Yeah, that is Jerry Jones. I can I can pretty much confirm that that is Jer- Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. Listen, I don't lie about these stories. You said he, you said he was in a limo. Uh, SUV something. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Why isn't he in the back seat? Be a fucking boss and go in the back seat. Fuck him. Next. I don't want to talk about Jerry Jones. All right, next. I don't. We have another another good old Wellington Maris story. So, a man of few but important words. Wellington Maris never said two words when one would suffice. Known for a thoughtful pause to questions followed by a few well-chosen syllables, economy of the language was his game. Long rambling speeches or lectures weren't his thing, whether the owner was talking to one reporter or 76,000 fans at a packed Giants stadium. It was one to the latter where he uttered some of his most famous words. The 12-4 Giants had just finished dispatching the Vikings 41-0 in the 2000 NFC Championship game on a field that left much to be desired as far as aesthetics and footing. The franchise had begun a three-year experiment that season with the natural grass tray system designed to replace the hard astroturf of the stadium's early years. Thank God I was not an athlete in, like, the night. I mean, I guess... AstroTurf, Astro- not. No, not AstroTurf fun. wouldn't have made its way to, like, high school and Pop Warner and stuff like that, but, oh my God, just still. It's like playing on fucking concrete. Um, yeah, you don't want to play on that shit. It failed miserably. Even that three-year experiment post-AstroTurf failed miserably. The grassroots never did take hold. The field looked nice enough when it was new, but kickers and wide receivers slipped, and big linemen churned up big clods of grass. By the time January 14, 2001 rolled around, the field had degenerated into a brown, bumpy cow pasture, which looked suitable on the surface only by the application of green paint. Oh, that's bad. That's yeah, you think? Painting, you think? Painting the field green. Between that and their climb back from a tenuous 7-4 record after a bad loss to Detroit, the announcers had a field day. They criticized the surface as painted mud throughout the telecast. They noticed how unconvincing the team looked in squeezing out three of their five 
final wins by a score of four points or less. But Mara had the last laugh in this in his typical succinct fashion, grasping the Fox microphone held by Hall of Fame quarterback turned analyst Terry Bradshaw. He whipped the sellout crowd into a defiant roar as Bradshaw presented him with the George Hallis Trophy, emblematic of the NFC title. This is the Giants team that was referred to as the worst team ever to win home field advantage in the National Football League playoffs. And today, on this field of painted mud, we proved that we were the worst team to ever win the National Football Conference Championship. I'm happy to say that in two weeks, we're going to try to become the worst team to ever win the Super Bowl, Mara said. Amazing. That's funny. Amazing. I, I, it's You know what? He had that in his back pocket. You're not thinking that on the spot. There's no it, way. It is ironic, though. That the Giants actually probably are cons- nah maybe no, maybe not like you got to no. go back to maybe like 60s, 70s teams you know because the, their defense there were, was really good. There were some, there were some teams that uh made the Super Bowl and they just got completely eviscerated. At least one point yeah. there was a thought there was a thought in somebody's brain that that Giants Ravens game was actually a football game. Um, but it's ironic that he does say that. And you might be able to consider the 2000 Giants as the worst team to ever make a Super Bowl. No. It's I ironic, don't. though. There's a it little is. bit no, of irony. No, no, no. Okay, what you're saying, yes, it is. Because especially when they got blown out 34-7, obviously. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't know. I think the Bucks in 2002 were worse. They just played a shittier Oakland team, in my opinion. What are you talking about? They, they won the Super Bowl. I know, but I don't think they were that good. So you would have to say, like, Oakland. I, I just, I, no, I just worse. think, well, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Oakland. But you look at that Tampa Bay team; they weren't good. That def that, that defense. You're right. They all right. I, I I'm kind of sounding stupid right now. I guess yeah. I'm more so talking about like Brad Johnson and that offense being yeah. really bad. Like that was a really bad offense. The it's defense ironic, was all world. It's ironic that John Gruden is an offensive guru. Yeah, and he had a right. Yeah, that well, was that, Tony Dungy's defense. That was Tony Dungy's team. Yep, 100. percent So, but do you do you know what I was trying to say? Like. I can't. You're, you're right. I can't call them bad because they did win the Super Bowl, but one half of their team was not good at all. I guess how that's many, my point. How many uh, grandchildren does uh, Wellington Mara have? Well, he's got he's got like the love of my life, Kate Mara, right? She's mm-hmm. a grandchild. Yeah, love her. Is that John that? Mara's? Is that John Mara's no, daughter I, or John Mara's grandchild? No. Oh, oh wait. Or Chris Mara? You know, because there's a whole bunch of Maras. So. I think it, I think it's Chris Mara's. So, oh no! You know what? I don't know. I don't really want to know. But she dates that loser from uh, you, you know the movie, The Social Network, the Facebook movie. Zuckerberg. No. Um, you remember the two Ziffendahl twins, whatever they oh, were. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Their friend, like the. Oh. Yeah, she did. Strange he, how you know that. Oh, I know. Oh, she was in that movie. movie. No, she wasn't. I swear to God, Mara was in that. Movie. Oh uh, no, Rooney Mara was. There, Rooney Mara. There's there's multiple actresses in that family. Yes, Rooney Mara is probably a better actress than Kate, but Kate's just oh. really pretty, like gorgeous, oh, and she got beautiful red hair. So, I used to I used to write her love letters back. In the oh, day. really? Yeah, I sent them That's to John because I didn't know her address. <laughs> I never got one back. But how many letters have you written to John Mara in your life? Hundreds. Hundreds. I've um, only got answered once. Wellington Mara has thirty eight grandchildren. What? Hmm. He wait, has wait, wait, wait. Ele- he has eleven kids. Okay, I was gonna say how many kids does he have? That's still a re- well. I guess it's like three kids, pretty much average three kids a kid, right? Can't be the same. Why? Can't be the same woman. I that that vagine would be just destroyed. 
Yeah, that's in 38? 38 grandchildren. Big Christmas. I'm, I'm lucky if I have 38 breaths in a day. Mm-hmm. 38 and, and knowing you, grandchildren. knowing you with Domino's and White Castle, you ain't taking many breaths these days. Haven't you know eaten either all week. Wow. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yep. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Thank I you. I have another. I have another John Maris story. Uh, well, Please. No, I have I, another I lo- Wellington. I'm so Maris happy story. we're talking about Wellington tomorrow. Yeah, I have another Wellington Maris story. Is it? Is it about? Uh, real quick. Is it about the first game that was played after he died? Do you remember that? No. No, I don't have I that like, story. Not here. Yeah, I was like, that should. Yeah, I was like 35, 35 nothing against the the. Uh, the Redskins week after, yeah, good. We're, Scum, we, the scumbag running back had a big game. We don't call we don't call we call them the Washington Football Club. Whatever, fuck them either way. Mara, a religious man and a daily com- communicant, was even shorter with his words the day in 1997 when he announced the signing of Christian Peter. The defensive lineman had been convicted of eight assaults in seven years and had been accused, but of never but never indicted, for the rape of a, of a Nebraska coed. The New England Patriots had drafted him but waived him before training camp started. The Giants picked him up with the provision that he ki- that he keep his nose clean and attend counseling sessions for alcohol abuse, attention deficit disorder, and anger management. It was a highly controversial move, and Mara had made it plain that the major reason that he signed Peter was because he believed the defense tackle could help his team. Conversely, he felt the Giants organization could help Peter. Do you really think a man can change? Asked John Gelberg of the Asbury Park Press. Yes, I do. Mara said. Do you have any concrete evidence that people like that can change? Gilbert pressed. Read the lives of the saints, Mara said. Mm. The answer spoke volumes. Many of the Catholic Church's saints had decidedly unwholesome beginnings only to undergo various conversions to committed holy lives. Although no one will ever canonize the defensive lineman, Peter did go on to play six trouble-free years with the Giants, Indianapolis Colts, and Chicago Bears. This is actually very true, where you know a lot of the lives of the saints, including I went to a Jesuit Catholic school for eight years, St. Ignatius of Loyola. He was uh, he gambled, uh, he had sex with a lot of women, and then he went to battle, and he got part of his leg blown off, and then while he was just sitting in bed in pain all day, he's like, what am I going to do? So I'm just going to read the Bible, and then he became like a great man, and he opened up a bunch of schools, and then he's a saint. So that is very true, but I will say the the main point that I take from this story is not that oh Wellington Mara is I guess Wellington Mara is kind of wonderful for how he spun this, but it's crazy how optics and perception can change a story. That is so lo- bad. Yeah. Like how many assaults? Um, eight assaults in seven years. That's, that's terrible. That's really bad. <laughs> that seven years. That's. First of all, eight assaults in a lifetime is really bad. One seven assault years? in a lifetime is bad. But right. this man okay. had eight. Yes. Right, right, right. <laughs> exactly. That's brutal. Now, now, granted, this isn't like, you know, I feel like after the Ray Rice incident, that really brought a lot of awareness on, like, we need to hold NFL players accountable. So there is no way in hell that somebody who gets caught, you know, breaking the rules eight times for any reason in the NFL today you know, any kind of reason, whether it's, you know, uh, drug use or, you know, you're, you're breaking the substance abuse policy or even definitely abuse. There's no way that even more than maybe three, I would say three times yep. that you're getting back into the league. But so it was a little, I guess it was a little bit different in back in night, what this was 1995, but still, but it is amazing though, how Mara spun that and how he spun it to it's like, well, it's the lives of the saints. Now, if I, <laughs> me being me, spin. <laughs> me being me, though, 
And, you know, being like from, you know, I have a Catholic Jesuit background. I would have been holding up a microphone and he would have said that. And I would have been like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Did you really just say that? Like Wellington Mara? Yeah. I think it's one of those things where this is such a bad look. This is such a bad look for this franchise. Wellington Mara's like, what can I just pull out of my ass? To just yeah. shut, to just to put shut it down, everyone put it down up. a little bit, right? Because right. you can't respond to that. No, how can you? How can <laughs> you? Can't. I tell you, his son's not good at spin zoning things, so that's it's <laughs> one trade I wish his son had. The John Maris should take a lesson from his father, and the reason why we bring back DeAndre Baker this year is stop. Look at look at the Saints. Look at what the if Saints he, if he, did. I tell you, if he does that, my confidence and ownership will go up by like 10 million percent. Oh, I would, I, I, I would low-key <laughs> love it. I would low-key love it. What do we have now? We, we, got, we got some time for some more stories. Dan Reeves' replacement. Yes. This is, this is yes. Let's end so, off on this one because I think this would be a good discussion. So the search for Reeves' replacement had things turned out differently in Young's 23-day coaching search that brought in Jim Fossil in 1997. The Giants might have changed the collegiate fortunes of both LSU and Alabama. Young actually considered and came close to signing then Michigan State head coach Nick Saban to replace Reeves following the 6-10 crash of 1996. Young's assistant Ernie Accorsi had pushed hard for Saban. Accorsi came to know the Michigan State coach during the 1991 and 1992. Accorsi's final two years as general manager in Cleveland when Saban was starting a four-year stretch as Bill Belichick's defensive coordinator. Fossil was always Young's number one. Then it just jumps back to Jim Fossil. Fossil was always <laughs> Young's number one choice because the former Giants quarterbacks coach in 1991 and offensive coordinator in 1992 under, Han- under Hanley had made quite a name for Ugh. himself in Denver, serving as Elway's position coach for two seasons. So he really did impress over in Denver. With three yeah. young quarterbacks in Brown, Danny Cannell, and Stan White, a quarterback-friendly coach would be seen as a valuable asset. But Young liked Fossil even more for his organizational skills and work ethic. What followed was a sequence that had all the cloak and dagger aspects of an of an Agatha Christie novel. Don't know who that is. Um, Christie nope. novel, uh, complete with secret meetings and simultaneous contract chats. Fossil, then the Arizona Cardinals offense coordinator, was interviewed in the Phoenix airport on December 26, 1996. Saban was interviewed January 2nd near Giants Stadium. Stops in San Fran and Cherry Hill, New Jersey to talk with Buggle and Thomas were also included. Two other coaches. that Those are two other coaches that were mm-hmm. interviewed. Young had both men on the hook and discussed money matters with each even after Saban had publicly pulled his name from consideration to protect Michigan State's recruiting interests. I am not a candidate for the Giants job, Saban said through a spokesperson while on a recruiting trip in North Carolina. If it's a two-horse race, they better find another horse. Yet, the talks went on, only to go under when Saban's contract demands turned out to be a bit too exorbitant for the Giants anyway. When Fossil was supposed to be in mobile scouting senior bowl practices, he sat in a room in Atlantic City, New Jersey, discussing contract numbers with Young. The next day, January 15th, 1997, the 47-year-old signed a four-year, $3.2 million deal. Saban didn't do too badly for himself to coach at Michigan State. Then then he moved to LSU, won a national championship there in 2003, and we all know the wonderful things that he did in college. The but college he, also, coach ever, yes. he also had the two-year stint in Miami, so maybe the Giants didn't make the wrong decision. But Snacks, I actually want to hear what you have to say about this. Yes, uh, well, apparently, I, I read it somewhere, that he wanted Drew Brees. In Miami, 
You remember when Drew Brees was a free agent? He was coming off like big uh, rotator cuff surgery or something from San Diego, and there was a lot of question marks yeah. on him. Yeah. Yeah. So Dante Culpepper at the time was a free agent as well. Dante Culpepper was never the quarterback that Drew Brees was. But the Dolphins and Brees both wanted each other. That's what Saban wanted. The Dolphins front office decided to go with Dante Culpepper, and I mean, the rest is kind of history. Uh, do I think Saban's. Saban probably came into the NFL the way like a Tom Coughlin coached the Giants from 04 to 06 and with the Jaguars. Like tough as nails. You're like, you no funny business. If you laugh, you get the fuck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but from a pure football mind perspective, there may be one better mind in the history of football than Nick Saban. And that's that's Bill Belichick. Nick Saban's that good. I don't care about what anybody says with Alabama. He won in LSU. He's won in Alabama. He took Michigan State from dirt shit to relevancy. The man knows exactly what he's doing. And the Dolphins teams weren't even that good. And he still got a few wins out of them. You give him you give him Drew Brees with Miami, he's never the coach of of Alabama. He's never the greatest college coach of all time because he's winning Super Bowls in Miami. Could you imagine could you imagine Saban and Belichick going at it with Brees versus Brady for fifteen years or how whatever it would be? That you would basically that? that would basically be watching Brady and Manning go after each other, except, except twice a year. Well, yes, exactly, and except that Breeze isn't overrated. Peyton is. So stop uh, this! What? Oh my god! What did I say? What did I please, say? Please, c- please continue. Anyway, uh, regardless, to see Bill and Saban go at it toe-to-toe twice a year and probably playing in every AFC championship game every single year would have been pretty damn awesome. You would have a you would have a team that's 12-4 and four going to the playoffs, winning the division, and then you'd have a team in second place going 12-4 and four as a wild card in the same division. Yeah. Could you imagine? Those are the two best football minds I've ever seen, and I, you know, somebody older than me tell me the argument for anybody else. So, if you ever have the chance, I don't know if you have, I think HBO did it, Belichick and Saban, um, they did like, I don't want to call it a documentary. It was like a like an HBO special or something. I don't know if you watched that. Unbelievable. I don't have HBO. Oh my God, you dumb motherfucker. How many times do I got to tell you? Just ask me for my login. I'll give it to you. You should actually do that tonight. Saban, Saban, Belichick sit down and they just go through all, they talk all football. They talk about their Cleveland days, everything. It's this really, is something really that good. really this is good. something that I've always thought because there was even a documentary I think it was on NFL Network of the Cleveland Browns while Belichick was the head coach and like why it didn't work out. They were pretty damn close to like getting it. They and made getting the, it together. Hundred percent. They made the playoffs with Belichick. That's like the moment. Like forget like the Jets. Like you know, I the still Jets I debacle. still. I still think the Jets thing is worse. Like if I'm speaking in Belichick terms, which at least by the way, the, at we, least the Browns had him. Like he was there. He was coaching. He was the there, team. right? He was there for a few years, and, and we that should be. Staff we was should incredible. Be, we should be pissed too. We've talked about on this podcast that Parcells screwed Belichick over. Belichick should have been the head coach of New York Giants. Oh, wait, wait. Actually, you want to hear this? I didn't read this part because I skipped it. Read it. Read there it. There actually is a part where they were talking about because this is 1996, 1997. Yeah. The search for Dan Reeves' replacement. Bill Parcells' name was thrown in there. Resurfaced, they did, huh? It did resurface, but they didn't actually like pursue it. 
According to Paladino, does he According say why? To Pal- or- no, it, it was it was like a throw it was like a throw in line by Paladino, but he didn't like mm. say it further because the main story was about it was mainly Saving about Jim it. Fossil. Well, well, no, it was about yeah, Jim well, yes, Fossil. Yes, yes, but I Fossil. cut I cut yeah. that out because who cares? I do. I love Jim Fossil. Uh, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can get get behind that if it's like a one sentence thing. Oh, they thought about Parcells coming back. There's no substance there. wasn't Wasn't he in New England at that time? Ninety seven, ninety or the. Jets, maybe. Well, it um, was a transition. It probably was a transition year for him. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. He's always a fucking. He had some ego, Bill Parcells. Great coach. <laughs> great. I mean, great coach. But think about it. He had some ego. I would too. If I helped fix the Giants from what they were in the nineteen seventies, and I brought George them Young. to, well, no, I know coach team without without coach team. No, you're right. But with all right. So how about this? If I had a coach, Phil Simms, a sorry ass. Yeah, he he had an attitude too. He was he's a pussy. Um, he didn't play in the Super Bowl, so that's all I need to know about Played him. One, no, I know, but he he was hurt for the second, so that's all I need to know about him. But here's a question for you: Is Parcells anything without Belichick? No, it's a great question because that's exactly. I think we're going to really get a good answer to that question with Jerry Eisenberg's book, um, um, "No Medals for Trying." Mm-hmm. No medals for trying was That's actually a big billboard by Parcells. On the, there's a big. Uh, go ahead. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, but his father, Bill Parcells' father, actually said that. Like one of yeah. that was one of Parcells' like main mantras as a yeah. coach. There's a billboard on he, Route 17 in New Jersey. You, on that. Yeah. you get no medals for trying, and I think that's right. such a fun. It's a it's such a fun quote. I think I tweeted it once. I have to find it. Then I tweeted not. I, I tweeted it out on Father's Day, ironically. Oh, um, go figure. So I quote. think we're really going to get. In answer to, to that question, because they played the 49ers in 1989. It was a Monday night football game. And then the book picks up from where they're on the plane to the moment they play the Philadelphia Eagles the next week. They wound up losing both games. But Naturally. what's interesting about those the, the dynamic between those two weeks in the 1989 season, this is the season before they won the Super Bowl because right. they won it in 90 and 91. Correct. So Eisenberg is writing as Lawrence Taylor is suffering a pretty bad ankle injury. Phil Simms is suffering a possible concussion. So we're actually going – I'm actually going to see, and I'm going to read. I've read the first chapter. I'm going to see – how involved, like, how does Parcells and how does Belichick adjust yeah. adjust to possibly playing without Lawrence Taylor? Now, I could have easily looked on Pro Football Reference and saw that, you know, hey, Lawrence Taylor played this game. I'm not going to spoil it for myself. <laughs> no, no, right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Gonna... And there's, there's going to be more detail. Like, Pro Football, uh, they have everything, but this book is going to have every single detail behind the scene right. and all that, like, outside right. of numbers and whatnot. So... No, I, am very I just I just want to see I just want to see like what they do and how they react to like oh is Taylor right. going to play is Taylor not going to play because if I if I already know that Taylor's going to play it's like oh then it gets a lot easier in terms of the game plan because then you just yeah. roll out what you're normally rolling out with but yeah. if Taylor's not playing and you're it's having big, to go up against change. Randall Cunningham mm-hmm. it's a big time know. difference yep so that that book I, I I honestly like snacks I can't answer that question. But no, I know, no, I know you gonna, can't, but it's it's a good yeah. dynamic because weren't they together with the Jets too? And that's when the Jets were successful. Yeah. And then Belichick went to Cleveland. I, I mean, he had some success there, but Parcells didn't really have success. Went to the playoffs once with the Cowboys. Didn't really do much with New England. Did he? Oh, he might have went to the Super Bowl in New England. I may be off here. Didn't he, didn't he go against uh, the Packers? Clark. Yeah. 
that way he was the coach, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it's a, it's a, and I still think it's a question. You know, I still think it's a question worth monitoring. End of the day, we should have Belichick as our coach. Oh, one, one last question. Cause I think this is a good one. Yeah. So you've seen what Belichick has, has become, right? Like the greatest football coach of all time. Mm-hmm. Would you be more pissed? I think I know your answer and I probably know mine too. It might be obvious. Would you be more pissed as a Browns fan or a Jets fan? Oh, well, that's what I'm saying. I think I would be more pissed as a Browns fan. Because he was there. This is what I was trying to say before. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I know, and yeah. I cut you off. I know, I know. But as a Jets fan, you got to think about he went to the Patriots. And the way he did it was ridiculous. Like, really, really bad. But at least, I mean, I here, here you, you really want to be comparing uh, shit to more shit? Yeah, of at course. Least, uh, at least, at least the shit. Jets. At least the Jets have had like a Chad Pennington. At least the Jets have had you know playoff seasons like that where even Mark Rex Sanchez, Ryan, Mark Sanchez, yeah, the back to back they got to beat the the Patriots in the playoffs and then they, they did, just yeah. couldn't beat Peyton, the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, That's ridiculous. Book ahead. Yeah. So we'll we'll we may have to fight about that one week. I'll, yes, I'll I'm really, right. You're wrong. But go ahead. I'll really. I'll, well, I mean, you're no matter how many how much analytics I throw at you, you're you're not going to no. see it. So no, I won't even listen a, to him. It's no. going to be a pointless argument. But yes, the Browns had him. They had they him in the building. And it's not like the Jets where they had him in the building for one day. They actually had him in the building, but they also had one of the greatest staffs ever. I, I'm trying to the remember who's on the who was on the offensive side of the ball, because we already know defensive side of the ball was Saban. Saban, yeah. Why do I feel like was it why do I feel like it was Holmgren? But that's not true. I'm looking this up. Yeah, please do. And it's definitely in that like documentary or whatever it is. Nineteen ninety five. It was a football life. Yes. Yeah. Was it a? Are you sure? It was a football. A football life. Cleveland '95. Oh, 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 oh! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the. Yes. Okay. Really? You know what? I'm gonna write that down right now. I Mike Tannenbaum. I, a football was life. There. They do. A, oh, oh, he sucks. Jim Schwartz. Great defense of mine. He was a player scout. Um, Nick Saban, Eric Mangini, um, Phil Savage. Michael Lombardi. All uh, these front, guys in the were front there. office, Lombardi. Yeah, um, Scott Pioli. Scott, Jesus, how did they fail? Ozzie Newsom. Ozzie Newsom's one of the greatest general managers of our time. Became Cleveland's director of pro personnel in 1994. All those guys. I feel like somebody big offensively was there, and I think I'm just missing. Well, that. that was a lot of defensive guys and a lot of front office guys. So I'm not. Yeah. Sure. Well, offensive line coach uh, Kirk Ferentz. I'm sure some of you who are listening have probably heard of him more than I have. No, they don't even list the offense court. I feel like it was somebody big. And uh, you, you're probably listening to this banging on the table telling me that it's somebody and I can't figure it out. But yeah, there yeah. you go, Snacks. There you go. So this this turned into a talking uh, talking Browns podcast for a hot second. Yeah, yeah you ain't getting a, t- a talking Bill Belichick podcast. <laughs> I, was hoping, I was hoping you would kind of run with like, I would have loved Nick Saban to yeah, be a Giants I, coach. You know what? But I know. And um, I, I will say this. I feel like, I feel like you... Don't mind it. No. Um, I mean, you can't sit there and be upset if Nick Saban was your head coach, but I was never I was never hammering at the table for a Nick Saban, even back in the day. 
Um, f- f- the Nick Saban rumors have come up, what, the last three years? when People still are. People are people still, still obsessed. Every single coaching change, I have at least one friend. One friend. Now, typically, these friends aren't connected really to the Giants at all. Where They're not like connected to Giants news and stuff like that. But they'll just say, Nick Saban's going to be the next head coach. Just like Bill Cowher's going to be the next was, Giants head that's coach, too. Who I was th- Bill, Bill Cowher's been the next Giants head coach for the last 20 fucking years. So, um, no, I, I didn't go too into it because I'm kind of indifferent on it. Like, yeah. no, he didn't have great success with Miami, but then again, he didn't get the quarterback he wanted. But then again, he's still one of the best offensive, uh, offensive, best football minds in in the history of football, college or not. So, of course, I'd be happy. Um, but I never, I never hammered home the fact that I want Nick Saban as my head coach. So, that's really why I didn't go too deep into it. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you, I would take Nick Saban over Ben McAdoo or Pat fucking Shermer, either one of those. Like, that's story in and itself. Hot take. Yeah, big hot take, yeah. Um, but outside of that, no, it's just uh really I it never really materialized for me. So I I, I didn't I didn't want to get too into it and then the whole Belichick and Browns thing and everything came up. So I thought that was good banter and I didn't really want to talk about Nick Saban. Mm. So there you go. All right, that's uh that's the episode. We will continue to dive into that chapter of God's full bird captains or whatever the last part of that chapter is called. I put I put the book down um, no, not next week. Next week is our training camp episode. Yes, next week is our first training camp episode. Yes, I next was in week. Albany. Um, yeah. so we'll we'll talk some. Uh, we'll talk some snacks. Was up in Albany. Uh, when training when camp I was, was younger, there. Yes. So so we'll try to we'll try to bring you there. We'll try to lead. Maybe a we're not going to do this, but you know, a, <laughs> a guided meditation. And if you close your eyes, you can. If you were up in Albany as a kid, or even as like a an adult, and you miss it up there. Um, we'll try to bring you back up there, and then I can even, you know, uh, or if you want to go back to the Timex Performance Center, I, I, I go every year, so then I'll, yes. I'll describe some I, sights I, and sounds and stories from there, too. Amen. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, as I always do, but I uh, I try and go every year, too, and I sent you one snippet of uh, Giants training camp notes that I take. So yeah. I may I may read those off and see how bad they were, and <laughs> in in hindsight, like, you know what I mean? Tw- hindsight's twenty twenty. so... So we will see. I, I like to have fun with it. Training camp is a great thing for fans, um, and it, it's upsetting that we're not going to be there this year. But it is what it is. Everybody's got to stay safe, wear a mask. And by the way, by the way, I feel like Anthony would be a huge Nick Saban guy. Mm. I, I I think mm. uh, I think he was probably hammering at the at the notion of Nick Saban being a the next coach of the Giants. So. As always, I, I like to throw Anthony in at the end. So. That's right. Have to. Um, so the ending soundbite is of Wellington Mara at the 2000 NFC Championship game uh, saying that quote that I was saying before that he said to Terry Bradshaw. So uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Love you. And yous. Uh, be well. This is the giant team that was referred to as the worst team ever to win the home field advantage in the National Football League. Championship. And I'm happy to say that in two weeks we're going to try to become the worst team.